0: Welcome to the Lutheran Prayer Hour. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen.
1: Oh Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. Make haste, O oh God, to deliver me. Make haste.
0: Psalm 95. reading from John the sixth chapter. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up a mountain, and there sat with his disciples, and the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was near. When Jesus lifted up his eyes and saw a great company coming to him, he said to Philip, From where shall we buy bread that these may eat? This he said to test them, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii of bread would not be enough so that everyone could have just a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, Here is a boy who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down, about five thousand in number, and Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples, and the disciples gave it to those who had sat down. Likewise the fish, as much as they wanted, and they were satisfied. And he said to the disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing may be lost. Therefore they gathered them up together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over and which no one had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracles that Jesus did, said, This truly is the prophet that was coming into the world. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into the mountain himself alone. This is the Gospel of the Lord.
1: Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly set in the heavens. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it.
0: the hymn of the day Jesus priceless treasure Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grumble. Is this not what we sinners do against God? The children of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and grumbling against the Lord's servants grumbles against the Lord himself, who surely hears it. The twelve disciples grumbled when the Lord told them to give the people something to eat, Perhaps the crowds were grumbling, too, after following Jesus all day without getting their sign, and I hesitate to point out that there were no bathrooms there, either. At the very least, their stomachs were grumbling. Grumbling is always a sure sign of unbelief. Psalm 78, which tells in poetic form the story of Israel in the wilderness, has a repeated theme. Then, they forgot the Lord's works. Still... They believed not in God. They trusted not in his salvation. As I was saying, grumbling is a sign of unbelief. Israel is sure that the Lord doesn't know what he's doing. He's brought them this far only to be wasted in the desert. So it is that freed slaves come in to say an absurd thing. Would that the Lord had killed us in Egypt The stomach and the heart and the mouth grumble out of unbelief. To grumble means to want where the Lord has not given. That is, the very same time to despise where the Lord has given. But today's Sunday is not called Grumble Sunday. It is Letare. It is Rejoice Sunday. This is the Sunday of refreshment. We find ourselves in the desert yet again, the dry, waterless places where devils and demons ought to lurk. But instead we find grass, we find reclining and feasting, we find bread from heaven, and we rejoice in it. To rejoice is to want where the Lord does give, and to treasure it. We sang in English, Jesus, priceless treasure, and the original text reads, Jesus, my joy. Jesus, who two Sundays ago would not make bread for himself out of desert stones, will multiply bread for others. He turns back the devil's temptation to grumble against his father and believe that he and his word are not good. He also defies him by rescuing us from his clutches, as we heard last Sunday. St. Mark tells us that when Jesus saw the great crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And so he leads these sheep right out into Satan's territory and makes a green pasture so that they may recline in it. He spreads a table before them in the presence of the enemy in the desert, where the spirit of unbelief is used to winning. This is an insult to the devil's injury. He beats down Satan under, of all things, our feet, as we pray in the litany. So he beats down the forces of Amalek at Rephidim by Moses, lazy, propped-up arms, and the ungrateful swords of Israel, just like he beat down Satan under the feet of a little boy with five loaves and two fish. Lifting up his eyes then, he saw that a large crowd was coming toward him, and he saw in these crowds the same grumbling, lazy, selfish, sinful, ensnared, hopeless faces who had grumbled against him in the wilderness, who had struck him at Massa and Meribah, and who would mock him and beat him and pierce him. People who would seize God by whatever force possible, if only they could control him and make him our vending machine, our bread king, and who grumble whenever he withdraws himself from all of the places we want and demand him, the very places that our hymn of the day teaches us to shun, defy, and bid, hence, get away from me. He saw our faces. And though Philip and Andrew had no hope to get out of this mess, he himself knew what he would do. He would lay down his life for his sheep. He would give himself as the true bread from heaven. So the Lord gives himself over to his enemies, to Satan And also to us. He gives himself over to be crucified as a life-giving sacrifice. He has come to console his people, to pour out his compassion for us, to shepherd us and guide us, to be our joy and treasure when everything else lies under the shadow of death. Neither crib nor cross refuses all he suffers for your good, to redeem you by his blood. There the fatherly divine goodness and mercy is revealed, where the Son obeys his Father's will for us and for our salvation. From this cross flows all gifts, forgiveness, life, and salvation, daily bread and the bread of life. Gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost or that nothing may be wasted. And The Lord makes an Israel worth of leftovers, an apostolic twelve baskets full. His compassion is so great that it almost hurts us. In our grumbling, we only ever ask that we just be able to make it through this week, or that he only give us this or that. The disciples mocked how little five loaves would go. But the Lord was out to satisfy the people. Israel longed for slave bread, but Psalm 78 recalls how man did eat angels' food and meat to the full. Oh, how abundant the Lord is in his consolation. We pour out our prayers and our sighs to him, harassed like sheep. We grumble after God to give us help, increase our faith, and breathe life into our churches. Oh, we of little faith have we missed the obvious, that he himself knows what he will do. He took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples to distribute to those who were seated. And all the children are tossed to ask, Manna, that is, what is it? It is the true body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. If there is any message that is crystal clear in this Sunday of refreshment, it is that the Lord feeds his people. He provides far beyond our expectation because he wills that we eat and be satisfied. And this is now the second Latari in a row that we have been sent home. We believe and trust that God's word will create hunger to rejoice in his gifts every Lord's day. And this Sunday is all but screaming at us. He feeds you in green pastures. He prepares the table before you. Your cup runneth over. Morning by morning you shall eat. Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad with her, all you that love her, that you may nurse and be satisfied with the bosom of her consolations. O living bread from heaven, how well you feed your guest. Perhaps it will take a courageous boy like the one in today's gospel to come forward and insist that our churches rejoice in the abundance of the Lord's Supper every week. Nothing else satisfies like what the Lord has won by his cross and resurrection. The gospel offers consolation and aid against sin in more than one way, because God is so superabundantly rich and liberal in his grace. He leads beside baptismal waters, restores, and comforts our souls by his good voice, and of course, he feeds his sheep. He puts our grumbling to rest in these lavish gifts that deliver Christ to us, and the way to rejoice and delight in these gifts is to receive them. The Lord always gives more, even more than Israel can gather and twelve baskets more than the crowd can finish. If we had multiplied the loaves, we would have made just enough. But that's not how Jesus does it. He always gives more than we either deserve or imagine. If there is more that could be eaten, then it is not a waste. It is not a loss. It is because the Lord does not want anyone to hold back. He wants them to eat and be satisfied, to believe and be consoled and trust in him and even come back for more. He does not care what the environmentalists or the stockholders or the mothers of the depression will think. The Lord is not wasteful as some count wastefulness. He is gracious. and What he gives is always special and extraordinary because of his grace alone, not because of our sorry appreciation for it. Jesus is our priceless treasure and our joy beyond all gladness. Christ has done away with sadness. And thus he turns our grumbling into rejoicing and fills us to the full. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. that's Let us pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, your mercies are new every morning, and though we deserve only punishment, you receive us as your children and provide for all our needs of body and soul. Grant that we may heartily acknowledge your merciful goodness, give thanks for all your benefits, and serve you in willing obedience. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. O God, who by the humiliation of your Son did raise up the fallen world, grant to your faithful ones perpetual gladness, and those whom you have delivered from the danger of everlasting death make partakers of eternal joys. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, you have safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with your mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin neither run into any kind of danger but that all our doings being ordered by your governance may be righteous in your sight through jesus christ your son our lord who lives and reigns with you in the holy spirit one god now and forever amen the lutheran prayer hour is brought to you each sunday morning by the lutheran congregations of the missouri synod in southeast north dakota this morning's broadcast was conducted by the Rev. Sean Denzer, visitor of the Southeast Circuit. If you have no church of your own, we extend a cordial invitation to hear God's Word with us at one of our Southeast Circuit congregations. You can find service times, sermons, and other information for the faithful Lutheran Church nearest you at sendlcms.org. That's including Emmanuel and Hankinson, sponsor of this morning's broadcast. If you have any questions about the Bible, the Lutheran Church, or any comment regarding this broadcast, address them to KBMW, 605 Dakota Avenue, Wapiton, North Dakota, 58075. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.